The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. I love this story that I read in the USA Today about Derek Jeter when he owned the Marlins. So remember, they opened up the fancy stadium at the side of the Orange Bowl. In Miami in 2012, they got Jeter to be in the ownership group, and they bought the team, of course, in 2017. And then uh, he brought in Kim Ng, the first woman GM in baseball history in 2020. And they've made one postseason appearance in that window. During the shortened 2020 season, they were swept in the division series. And they've always been at the bottom of the heap when it comes to attendance. Of course, Jeter's no longer there. Uh, When he ran the team, he basically ran it into the ground. He fired President David Sampson. And finally, you get Sampson talking about what it was like with Jeter, the Yankee legend, in charge. Sampson had a bunch of things to say. First, quote, he was able to bring in all his own people and he thought that everything that I did was bad. So he erased anything that I had done. Anything I did, he did the exact opposite and assumed that it would work. He assumed that he could get a bigger TV deal. He assumed he could get a big naming rights deal. He assumed that he'd get tons of season ticket holders, that he would make the team a winner. And after four years, I think he realized that being a shortstop and being an executive are two totally different things. And I think he realized quickly that being a pitch man for Subway was probably going to be more up his alley than running the team every day. End quote. Ouch. Samson said Jeter had free reign. He did whatever he wanted. Samson said that uh, the five-time champ had absolutely no accountability. And he said that he found out he was fired by ESPN. And when he asked Jeter about it, he said he was told, quote, oh, yeah, I didn't get to you. I'm sorry, end quote. Samson said Jeter's lack of leadership caught up with him, leading to what some viewed uh, was his abrupt departure He said, I think the partners with the Marlins realized that the promises he had made were not coming true. And so that made getting rid of him sort of an obvious thing. I got to be honest with you. I think Samson's right about Jeter. 
Jeter did nothing except lose and fail when he ran the Marlins. And that's all there is to it. The only thing good that he did the entire time he was there was bring in Kim Ng to run the team, like as GM, right? And now they have more women in power there than uh, even before Jeter. They got another powerful woman involved in it as well that you probably never heard of. Her name is Caroline O'Connor, and she's the president of business ops for the Marlins. So Jeter's next move, he's set to join the MLB on Fox broadcast team this season. So did you see uh, James Harden get ejected and thrown out of that game last night at the Barclays Center, game three? He said... Uh, It was unacceptable that he was called for a flagrant foul, two on Nets forward Royce O'Neal. When he was ejected, uh, he had, you know, bottom line, crushed him in the Satchel Page area. He kept saying unacceptable, unacceptable flagrant two. First time I've been ejected, I'm not labeled as a dirty player, and I didn't hit him in a private area. Somebody is draped on you like that defensively. That's a natural basketball reaction. I didn't hit him hard enough for him to fall down like that. But for a flagrant two, it's unacceptable. This is a playoff game. We've seen around the league things are much worse than what that play was. Honestly, I didn't think it was a foul on me, but that's unacceptable. It can't happen. Harden said he got no explanation from the refs. He said, I didn't think it was a foul on me. Somebody is draped on me. Your natural reaction is to use your off arm to get him off a little bit. And that was it. There was no wind up, elbow. I didn't hit him in the privates. None of that. The refs didn't agree with any of that. The senior VP of ref development and training said in an interview on TNT that it was excessive and unnecessary contact to the groin. Crew chief Tony Brothers said, based on the point of contact directly to the groin, it rose to the level of excessive and ejection. I mean, you got to be kidding me. That is bullshack. Harden was playing great in that game. He had 21, five boards, four dimes in 29 minutes, and then they tossed him. He was five for eight on two-point shots, and he had gone two for 13 on those attempts in the first two games of the series, so he was hot when they tossed him. There was another scene in that game when Embiid kicked Nick Claxton basically in the same area. Embiid kicked him in the midsection, appearing to catch him on the back of the leg, Embiid got a flagrant foul one and remained in the game. Claxton got a tech. He eventually got tossed after throwing down a dunk on Embiid and then staring him down. Brothers uh, gave him a second tech and ejected Claxton. Jacques Vaughn vehemently went off on it, uh, twice saying Embiid intentionally kicked Claxton and... Bottom line is, he said, I don't think I've ever seen that in my career for a guy to intentionally kick someone in an area that none of us want to be kicked at or towards. For him to continue to play, I've never seen that before in a game, and a guy continues to play. Intentional. Embiid said the whole game you could see what they were doing. 
He had 14 and 10, the double-double with two blocks. Just trying to get a rise out of me. I'm too valuable, especially after the first play. I just understood I'm too valuable to get into this stuff. That's the second time someone hit me in the back, and that's not reviewed. My back, my knee, hitting me every single time, which is fine. It's working for them, but, you know, you just got to keep going. He got tangled up with Cam Johnson under the basket and looked like he had uh, turned his right ankle. He was grabbing at it a couple of trips up and down the court. He stayed in the game. And the Sixers led by 11 at the half. But Brooklyn went on a huge run of like 16-5 to tie the game at 63s. After the game, Embiid had massive ice packs on his knee. uh, But he said he felt all right. Doc Rivers said, I didn't think any of us played well tonight. I think we won the game. That's why it's we That's what I told them after the game. If that wasn't a team win, there's no such thing. But look, they're up three zip and the Nets are toast. So Draymond Green was out serving his one game suspension. And you can see the future without him on the floor. You can see the Warriors playing without Draymond Green. And look, they survived. They won. They were down 0-2 in the series to the Kings. But they went home to the chase in San Francisco. And they won. DiVincenzo said, we're winning this because of Draymond. And, of course, Golden State rocked the Kings 114-97. Steph Curry said, understanding how bad of a decision I think the league made on suspending him, you're frustrated with that. We have to do our job. There's nothing we can do about it. We obviously understand the consequences of if we lost, and nobody wanted to feel that. Pretty bluntly, if we lost this game, it would be over. You've got to understand the moment, and we gave ourselves life. Kerr said our guys were locked in when the news came in, and we turned the page quickly. There's no need to belabor the point. It's just the league made the decision. You only have one path to take, and that's getting ready for the next one, and that's what our guys did. The Dubs committed just 12 turnovers for seven points compared with the 22 turnovers and 25 points allowed in game two. The Dubs had 31 assists on 55 passes. Under Kerr, the Dubs are now 29-3 when having 30 assists or more. Kerr said that was the key. I think the guys understood what that decision-making was doing, forcing Sack to play in the half court where we have been making it tough on them throughout the series. Curry said it's a good lesson for us of how to control each offensive possession, figure out how we can create space, create open looks, and win the possession game, which has historically been a good thing for us considering how highly potent we are offensively. Looney stepped up. Uh, The guy uh, did it all. Nine for nine off his passes for 23 points. He grabbed 20 rebounds, nine offensive. And, I mean, he just dominated the glass. The Dubs had 19 offensive rebounds compared with 18 combined in games one and two with the Golden One in Sacramento. Curry made three buckets off Looney passes, including a huge three at the end of the first half. He finished the night with 36 points on 12 of 25 shooting, including six threes. He had six rebounds, three dimes, two steals, and even a block, 
and had just one turnover. Vintage Curry. Meanwhile, the Kings shot just 38% from the floor. That was their worst field goal percentage in a game the entire season. They had 97 points, their third lowest total of the season. So tonight we got the triple header, Boston and Atlanta. Boston laying five in hot town against the Hawks. Celtics lead two zip in that series. Cleveland and the Knicks are one apiece. They're at the Garden now. New York laying one and a half. And now the series goes Denver up two to Minneapolis. T-Wolves getting two and a half at home tonight. Should be a good triple header. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 